Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia with the same username and password throughout the DMV. It's never been easier to play with the king of sports. Sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, John Rothstein here. It's March and you know what that means. The world's greatest tournament is in full swing. And with FanDuel, you can make every upset, every buzzer beater, even every 15-foot jumper means so much more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets if you win. That's $200 extra you can use to bet on the blue blood that's getting ready to raise another banner. Or that sneaky mid-major you think has a chance to pull off a run for the ages. Or you can just bet on a team with a funny mascot. That's always fun, too. Just sign up for America's number one sports book today and bet the tourney from the playing games until they cut down the nets. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. Must be first online real money wager. $10 deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. This story comes all the way from Sydney, Australia. It was sent in by a guy named Indigo, who I spoke to on the phone. And he told me about this story that his uncle told him. An uncle that was described to me as a bit of a character. And at this point, I was already kind of sold because I love uncles that are a bit of a character. It's my favorite type of uncle. So I was curious right off the bat. The story itself sounded really interesting, especially given that it was coming from a person who is not normally thinking about this stuff. And when I actually talked to his uncle, I think me and Indigo were both surprised to learn some new details that were not mentioned originally that definitely changed the story a bit for us in a good way, in an unexpected way. I don't want to give away too much. I think it would be best to just start the episode and let it speak for itself. This is episode 60. The title is Bubbles, and you're listening to Otherworld. Hello? Is this Bobby? Yes, it is. At, at its core, the science, you can't argue with. It felt a like story about all of a sudden. up in the sky. It's almost frustrating that it's happening. I'm literally, I'm going to die. I'm like, just its broken. limbs were just like wrong. Everybody moves back into the light, even if it takes them a minute. All right, uh, I'm Indigo. I'm from Sydney, Australia. And my uncle will be the one telling the majority of the story. Um, 
I just think it's like the goat of fucking ghost stories. Like it's as good as it gets. It's completely unbelievable. And there's sort of a thing in my family, like don't let truth get in the way of a good story. But with this one, like he was like upset telling me and he hasn't gone back and retold it. It's not one that he's happy to talk to people about at all. Like it seems as real as any story out of my uncle's mouth gets. So I just feel like, yeah, you have to hear it basically. How did I hear it first? I would have been like 14, 15 and I went and stayed with him for like, it's like year 10, like finishing high school, they send you off for a week to do work experience somewhere. And I was too lazy. I didn't get that shit sorted out. So I went and stayed with my uncle who worked at Disney. So I was like helping him edit. And so I wasn't really just file managing basically for him. And we just chilled out for the whole week. But he told me I'm pretty sure that week. And I remember him like getting shaky and like not finding it pleasant to be telling the story at all. And it sort of has just stuck with me since then. I think we've talked about it like briefly in passing. And I know he's told my mom and my auntie and they're like quite spiritual people and they're both kind of not ready to go there sort of thing. But my uncle's like a cynic. He's not, doesn't believe in any of this stuff at all. Still doesn't, still refuses to believe in any of it, but is like, yeah, I don't quite know what else to say. It's just that he's like rattled by it, hates talking about it. But at the same time, sees the humor in it as well because he was fucking terrified, like scared as it gets, shooting his pants. What's this guy like? What's he normally like? Owen? Uh, well, he's like, I suppose the best way to say it is like he's like an older brother to me for sure. Like um, he's 10 years younger than my mom. So he was like 17, 18 when I was born. And I'm the eldest of all the cousins and siblings on either side. So he's like... Yeah, he's my older brother, essentially. Um, there's, a, there's a good story. When I was born, I was, like, just popped out. I'm in the hospital here in Sydney. My uncle got a call. He was in a hot tub at a party with, like, all these girls, he claims, you know. And he came through. He's like, yeah, 18 or whatever. And he pissed his name, Owen Clive Norling, the whole name on the side of the hospital. <laughs> and, like, just, yeah, just raucous. He's a nightmare. But I love him to pieces um, and we don't get to see enough of each other. So I thought this was like a cool way to, you know, do something together. But it's like remote. Like he lives like six, seven hours drive from Sydney now. So, yeah, no, Owen's the man. I love Owen to pieces. Uh, and I just think it's too good a story for it to be heard by like three people, his three family members, basically. I'm Owen, I'm a video editor, I'm like 43 now. This would have happened back in, I think it's like 2000, the summer of 2000, 2001 is my guess. I was carefree, young, partying whenever I wanted. I don't think I had any form of permanent employment, so, you know, I was living life fast and loose and enjoying the shit out of it too. I think the hobbies were just nightclubbing. That was about it. Nightclubbing, maybe a bit of uh, body surfing. 
to wash away the club. But that was about it, you know. It was, life was the next party back then, I think. <laughs> oh, man, this would have been easier if it was nighttime and I had a couple of tins in me. Um, but, look, I, I was a... I was a product of the X-Files generation, so I suppose, you know, I wanted to believe, but the reality is I'm probably more science-based. I'm like, there's, there's no paranormal, right? Otherwise, there'd just be too many souls out there floating around looking at what we do under the sheets, and that's just weird. So um, I, I, I still don't believe, but whatever happened that night was was, like, super creepy <laughs> my best friend his family was, was British and they would go back to England for holidays and whatnot. and they had dogs and plants and all that type of stuff that you do when, you, when you've got a life going and I was probably the most responsible person the family knew <laughs> which is <laughs> which is a a statement, I suppose. Um, they went away on holidays and they were like, hey, can you look after our house and our plants and our dog for like two months? And I was like, for sure. This sounds great. I was like 19, 20, something like that. 21, maybe. The family that that obviously were sort of long-term friends, uh, Sam was my best friend for probably all of high school. And they'd had a couple of houses leading up to that one, but last few years of my high schooling life, uh, home life was a bit rough, so I pretty much just lived on couches from friends or friends of friends or wherever a couch was available. So I'd stayed in this house, you know, heaps of times. I basically had my own bed there. It was underneath Sam's futon. I'd just pull it out and sleep in the corner. It was an architect-designed type low entry through a courtyard, all brick, flat roof, and then as you entered it, it was just all view. So every room in the house had this massive view over Middle Harbour. It was a pretty nice house. Slate floors, probably built 70s, maybe early 80s, but pretty nice. Like, it was a nice house. And there'd been lots of, you know, weird stuff. I don't, I don't even know how to how to explain the weird stuff. But the family felt there was something odd going on in this house. They'd talked about it and they'd researched it a little bit. Apparently there was a... It was built by a dude who was sort of in palliative care. He knew he was he was short of this of this life. And... He built it with like a nurse's quarters downstairs so they could just pop up and look after him whenever he needed whatever it is that people need when they're in end-of-life type scenarios. There was always... There was incident, it just wasn't, um, wasn't so extreme. You know, there were, there were bumps and clunks like houses normally do. So when I took... When I took the house for those two months looking after it, it wasn't like I was... I was well informed of the possibilities of this is a haunted house, you know. 
they also, because there was this downstairs flat, they would rent it out and, you know, more than one tenant on more than one occasion would be like, oh, you guys are so loud, you know, you're up there stomping around. And they're like, what? Nobody stomps around, you know, we're just walking around normally. And they'd done a test, like uh, Nancy, the mother, stayed upstairs and walked around like she does normally and Kit and the tenant went downstairs to have a listen. You couldn't hear a thing. I mean, it was like two foot of concrete. It was a serious floor, had all, you know, that hydro heating in it and whatnot. It's not like a wooden floor that you can easily make a lot of noise on. So... You know, that that happened on more than one occasion that these tenants downstairs would be like, oh, man, stop stomping around. Obviously proved that you can't make any sound down there. So um, other weird stuff. I mean, I was sleeping there one night and woke up with... Um, I'm aware of a phenomena where people wake up with the sensation of a ghost sitting on their chest and... I'd never had it before that. And I woke up one night there just like, oh, what's going on? You know, you're paralysed. You're, you're wide awake but you can't do anything. I was like, oh, this is this is messed up. I don't know what's going on. It freaked me right out but I just went back to sleep because there's nothing else you can do. He's like, oh, well, back to sleep. Um, subsequently, I researched and I was like, oh, yeah, happens to heaps of people and, you know, medicine had a, had a way of explaining it but still it's like I don't know if it's ever happened to you you, you go oh, that's a, that's a really odd sensation you <laughs> you don't want to do it again so there was that there was a little bit of sort of weird noise and a lot of doors and whatnot closing in this house it was sort of renowned for it um it was on a almost like a cliff sort of on a, a down into a deep gully into Middle Harbour. So it did get some odd breezes, which I think would explain these doors opening and closing, but still it just all added to the eeriness of this this place, you know, convict bricks, old man dying, weird noises. Anyway, so I've been tasked with looking after it while they've gone away. And, of course, as you do when you're 19, 20, you're like, yeah, I'm going to have people over. I'm going <laughs> to enjoy this place. And as more people came over, I'd always be telling them about the, the creepy goings-on in this place and everybody's like, ooh, creepy goings-on. And I'm like, yeah, but me and the ghost, you know, we're tight now, you know. He knows me. He's not freaking me out. And I sort of probably did that a little bit too much. I sort of, you know, told everybody that me and the ghost were you know, rad dudes, mad pals, whatever's. Yeah, so I'd had heaps of people over in the lead up. I probably had this place like for a month, you know, so I would have had sort of five, six, ten different groups of people through on occasion. And I'd often been telling them about the weirdness because I think the weirdness as I started to stay there really soaked into me. I was like, there is definitely something odd about this joint when you're staying there by yourself. And I, and like I'm not sure if I talked myself into how weird the place was by talking about it so much. Who knows? Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. 
I've said before that I do not get scared while making this show. But what does scare me is having to log into my bank account or pay attention to my personal finances in any way. I know that's bad, and I know that it does not make sense. But legitimately, what has recently helped me is using Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that takes all of your accounts, organizes it into one place, and helps you get everything under control. I feel a lot better using it, and I'm no longer stressed. Also, Rocket Money finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I'm not kidding when I say that I recently discovered that me and my graphic designer, Colin, were getting charged $150 a month by a design service we didn't even realize we were paying for. I wish that was a joke. Sadly, it's true. We canceled it and are no longer paying for this. Thanks to Rocket Money. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. It's after bedtime, the kids are asleep, and the moms are out to play. We're Dina and Kristen, the duo behind the Instagram account, Big Little Feelings. I'm Dina, I'm a child therapist and mom of two who nerds out on all things neurobiology and psychology, and Kristen is a parent coach who wrangles three kids on a daily basis, here to give it to us like it is. We weren't meant to do this parenting thing alone. Consider After Bedtime your village. Follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, on your own terms. I've personally tried so many website platforms, and I could tell you that Squarespace is by far the easiest to use. Their fluid engine makes creating a website super intuitive no matter how tech-savvy you are. Another great thing about Squarespace is that they have an online store. So whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. And also, you could even create and design your own merch on Squarespace, and they'll handle the production, inventory, and shipping for you. And trust me when I say, doing that all yourself is a lot of work. So having Squarespace handle it for you is a big deal, and it's also a great low-risk way to start selling merch. So pretty much whatever you could possibly need for your website, Squarespace has you covered. Go to squarespace.com otherworld for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use code otherworld to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com otherworld. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The night when it all got too much for me to handle. I, I think people had been there earlier. I was telling the story again how me and the ghost were tight and everybody had left. It was just me, hot as hell, like, I don't know. Uh, Sydney gets really ripe, sort of late Jan, early Feb, into March. It can get some pretty sticky nights. So I'd had every door in this house open and just trying to cop a breeze, trying to cool down looking after the dog, sitting there watching the telly and I hear the dog, cute little dog, Bubbles. She was a, Bubbles, Bubbles was a little Jack Russell cross chihuahua, super cute little unit, had like a light bulb, sort of caramel, caramel and white and a little bit of a barrel. She was overfed most of the time. She was a good dog. I liked Bubbles. I hear her from another room. Sounds like she's playing with somebody, like, you know, that sort of yappies, rip, 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 you know, happy yaps, playing with somebody. I'm like, that's odd. Better go check out what Bubbles is doing. Head to the room where the noises are coming from and it's uh, my mate's little sister's room who was Molly, who actually was, you know, the dog's parent, as it were. Walk in there, no dog to be seen. I'm like, man, this is this is a bit odd. Step back out of the room, see the dog back in the lounge room where I was. I'm like, eh, eh, whatever. Back into the lounge room, sit down. <laughs> oh, man. There's like a, a single hallway. There was no way for it to go around me or past me. I mean, admittedly, on my way to that room, I may have looked right momentarily and she could have scuttled past, but... She had all these bells on her collar because she was always bolting that that was probably unlikely. I would have heard the bells. So, but who knows? Everything's a possibility, right? So I'd gone to check out the, what the dog was up to. Dog's not in there. Dog's back in the same room that I was at already. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. Bubbles, you know, whatever. Sit back down on the couch, sitting there and... This poster, they had this giant map of the world poster in the hallway. Like as big as you've ever seen a world map type poster. So like a a single bed size type thing. It was a real sort of statement piece of a a map. And, And it came in the room like there was a cyclone outside. 
You know what I mean? Like something had grabbed it. It was in the room with purpose. And spinning around haphazard and then just, you know, settles. And I'm thinking, there's no breeze. I would have caught some of that, you know. Something would have dried me down. It was a real sticky night. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, I don't want any of this. Don't want any of this. And so, like any sensible human, I just sort of cranked up the volume on the TV. <laughs> just, just tune this out. Uh, I'm not participating in this. I'm just watching loud TV. Sitting there in the TV, obviously, if you're sort of sitting square on, you've got a little bit of reflection of what's going on behind you. Some time has passed, obviously. I'm not I'm not still at maximum peak from this poster, but I, I'm not chill by any means. But I'm sitting there watching the telly. And I can just see the French doors behind me, which were full open, just, you know. This whole place was basically French doors. French doors in, French doors out, French doors everywhere. There was numerous verandas, sort of Juliet-style balconies, whatnot. There was French doors everywhere. So I had them all open. And I just see in the reflection these two French doors coming together like closing perfectly behind me. And these things were a pain in the ass to close when you wanted to close them. You know, you grab them and one doesn't line up and you got to sort of rattle them to make it close. And these two doors just perfectly neatly closed in behind me. I hear them go click. And I was like, oh, man, I don't like that at all. Bit more volume on the telly. <laughs> Probably maxed out on the volume now. I went to put the poster back because I'm like, you're looking after somebody's house, you don't want their shit wrecked when they come back. So I think I'd taken this opportunity of the French doors closing to like, probably prepping myself just to get out of there. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to leave this poster on the floor to get wrecked. So I got up thinking, I'll just go put it back up. I think it was on like a, a massive corkboard mount. Got up to put it back Figuring it, it would have just ripped through the pins or whatever was holding it and got to where it was in the hallway. And I see the pins are still in the corkboard and I look at the poster and it's not ripped. It's like, you know, somebody must have taken the pins out. You know what I mean? Like if you pull a page out from behind a pin, it normally tears the corner out. The poster was still fine and the pins were still on the wall. And I was like, okay, this is proper, just giving me the heaps now. I'm not liking anything about this evening. I put the poster back up on the corkboard, stupidly went back to the lounge room because what else am I going to do, you know? I'm looking after this house. I'm going to turn up the volume some more. So I've maxed out the town. Sitting there. And I was just like, this is, this is too much. And I just went to leave. So I stood up off the couch. And it's one of those don't look back type moments. And I get, I get to this set of doors. These are the ones that lead out to the courtyard that I know is the closest way to get to my car and just get the fuck out. And I grab a hold of them and something grabs a hold of me, something gets me by the shoulders and just, it's like 
ice being poured through your veins. Just, I froze. I became stone, a statue. And in the reflection, I can see the shape of a person doesn't have a head that's distinguishable. It's like, it was it was like a silhouette of a, of a human. You know, right? It was just the shadow of a human. But that's how reflections often are, especially if they're backlit, you know, like there's no detail, it's just silhouette behind me. And the weirdest part is the the face. Like the body was still, but the face was like it was sped up 3,000 times, you know, like like it was just twitching out wild. But the body is one unit, you know, not not moving, static. Face. The feeling of ice getting poured down your back, I suppose, is similar to the sort of grabbiness of this thing. Like it, 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 it grabbed me. It had a hold of my shoulders, and I was, I was stuck. You know, you can't move. Like you've just been turned to stone. I'm just absolutely proper petrified with fear. I'm like, I don't know. Have you ever been truly shit scared? It's just shit scared will stop you. I don't know. Have you ever had a dream where you're being chased? And, and like, you just, you know you can run in real life, but all of a sudden you're, like, massively heavy. Your legs are heavy. Your body's heavy. You're, like, just getting driven into the ground. An immense weight is stopping your progress. And that dog, Bubbles, just lets out this angry little rah! And it just freed me. Bang! Through the doors. I just walked out of that place. Doors open, telly blaring, all the lights on. Straight into the car. Keys in the ignition, dash lights up, 3.33 in the morning. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't know where I'm going, but I cannot go back into that house. And, yeah, like, I don't know. There was a moment when I was in the car, I was like, what have I done? You can't leave a house unlocked with a dog who's, you know, prone to wandering. And I'm like, well, there's just no fucking way I'm going back in that house. That is it. Just left the house as it was. TV, max volume, dog there. And I don't know if I'd probably still be there if that dog didn't bark. I don't know if the dog barked me out of my own shit in my pants Probably a, a bit of a verb for that. I don't know if the dog barked me out of just being terrified in my own brain or if the dog barked and it released the spook out of the demon. But, yeah, uh, next day when I came back, I was proper nervous on so many levels, like, you know, just had this whole ordeal, was it real, was it not, who knows. But I was pretty worried that the dog will have bolted. And how do you explain that type of thing? But no, she was just there, probably waiting for food. And I just scooped her up, watered the plants, shut the doors. I turned off the telly. Turned off the telly, shut the doors. (laughs) I scooped up the dog, gone. I think I just came back on occasion in the daytime to water the plants from there on in until they came home. 
told them what had happened and they were all like, oh, man, we know that place is messed up. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have goaded the ghost. You, should, you shouldn't have said you were chill with it. I'm like, I know. You know, retrospect, this all makes perfect sense. You don't, you don't hassle a ghost. You don't say you're cool with it, especially if you're not cool with it. You don't brag about being a ghost friend if you actually haven't gotten down with that ghost. On a side note of adding just how weird this whole night was, my girlfriend at the time had been staying with me a lot, um, you know, looking after this dog and whatnot. When I rang her the next day, before I even dropped my my whole big spooking story on her, she was telling me, oh, man, I had some crazy dreams last night. Bubbles was in my room and, like, the sound of her little bells on the collar woke me up. I woke up and, you know, saw the clock. It was 3.33 and she was all confused. She's like, hang on, I'm not even in the same house as Bubbles anymore. Like, Bubbles isn't here. And she went to sleep. And then I told her my story and then she fucking lost it. She was like, what? That's hectic, creepy. And it was. It was quite odd. There was a whole other layer of odd to the story. What was her dream? The, the dog that I'd been minding, Bubbles, was in her room. And it was like it actually woke her up. The dog in the dream woke her up. And she woke up thinking Bubbles was in her room. And you know how you wake up and you sort of, where am I, where am I? And she's like, oh, Bubbles, what? Go, to, go away, go to bed. Then she's like, hang on, I'm across the city in a totally different house. Bubbles isn't here. Bubbles has never been to that house. So This is so, was, this that, is so weird and so unlike me that I, I rarely, like, jump in with theories. But for some reason, that gave me the chills. Oh, dude, the whole, that, the whole that thing. Part, I mean, I, I, I'm getting the chills at Bubbles because it's like, was Bubbles trying to protect you the entire time? I don't know. Oh, I'm getting all chilly. Ah, this is why I don't like telling the story. Because, <laughs> um, like, yeah, it, Bubbles, I, I don't know what Bubbles was doing in the room. Bubbles saved you, and then at the same time, Bubbles woke up your girlfriend. The exact same time. Across the city in a dream. That is weird. I did it. The whole thing was mega weird. I still think there's got to be a, some form of logical explanation for it all, but. That is weird, dude. That is a weird one. Wow. It still freaks me out telling the story. I get the chills down the back. I can remember that thing grabbing me, and it's terrifying. But you still don't believe in ghosts? Well, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> there can't be ghosts. There just can't be ghosts. <laughs> right? Do you, are you, or like, is it more like you, you don't want there to be ghosts? No. I'm like, there can't be ghosts. The, the maths doesn't work, right? If everything that ever died up until this point is stuck on this earth, like... There'd just be ghosts everywhere. You couldn't find a place to have a wank. Somebody is watching you. 
I don't well, either ghost demons. No, demon was the way to explain the sort of the look of it. It wasn't like a white sheet ghost, you know, it was more how the movies go sort of black spectre, sort of shady figure, is why I called it a demon. I don't believe in ghosts, demons, aliens, none of that stuff. But I do know it scared the living shit out. All right, thank you so much to Indigo and his uncle Owen for telling us that story. I love that one. I just like these guys, and I was very surprised that the story went in the direction that it ended up going. Indigo did not know any of that stuff about bubbles appearing in the girlfriend's room. I don't even know if Owen fully made that connection until he said it out loud to me. I think all three of us right there in the interview realized that maybe Bubbles had more to do with all of this than we originally believed. That brings us to the end of this episode. This has been episode 60. The title is Bubbles, and you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Cobra Man. The soundtrack of this episode was by Juice Jackal and North Americans. The song you're hearing right now is Promises by Bunny. This episode was edited and engineered by Theo Schaefer. Our artwork is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. Production help by Nikki Kate Delgado and Haley Pearson. Please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends about the show. If you want to hear bonus episodes, you can become a patron at patreon.com otherworld. Our social media is at otherworldpod. Thank you to the team at Odyssey. J.D. Crowley, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Leah Reese-Dennis, Rob Morandi, Eric Donnelly, Matt Casey, Maura Curran, Josephina Francis, and Hilary Schuff. Follow and listen to Otherworld now for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, if you or somebody you know has experienced something supernatural, paranormal, or unexplained, you could send us your story at storiesatotherworldpod.com.